Welcome to the Bucket List Project podcast, a weekly show that talks about stories from my pursuit of nomadic lifestyle around the world, interviews with interesting people who I met in this journey, and a generous dose of thought-provoking conversation around travel as a lifestyle choice. If you love to listen on topics revolving around travel, then this will be your perfect companion for the ride to office, your morning jog, or in general when you're winding down for the day. We will have new episodes releasing every Friday, so do share and subscribe to our podcast and get your weekly share of travel inspiration. Kangna's character in Queen, Rani Mehra, was an inspiration for Indian women across ages and social structures. She shattered so many stereotypes about solo female travelers in India. Her ca- character had interesting dichotomy. In the beginning, she was traditional, naive and sheltered. However, over the course of the movie, she emerges fearless, compassionate and strong-willed. There were evocative moments in the movie, which I believe was very well taken and left a lasting impression with some hard-hitting message. Few narratives that were broken for me from the movie were, solo female travelers are unsafe. The mugging scene in the movie is pivotal moment in Rani's journey. It is a moment where uh, she is forced to confront the harsh realities of the world. But it is also a moment where she discovers her own strength and resilience. Um, the other narrative, solo female travelers should not socialize. Her friendship with other guests at the hostel in Amsterdam was a beautiful reminder that connections and community can be found in the most unexpected places. It was a friendship that transcended borders and cultures, united by a shared humanity. Uh, the other narrative is that solo female traveler is a Western concept. It was a master stroke by the director to portray Kangana as an average middle class Indian woman and not a young modern urban metro career woman that is generally expected to be showcased in such movies, right? This broadened the horizon that even the most traditionalist can find joy in solo travel and discover themselves. She grooving to old Hindi music, wearing salwar kameez in the alleys of Paris and Amsterdam was a statement in itself. Rani's character was a breath of fresh air and a role model for Indian women everywhere because she showed that solo travel is a viable and enjoyable option for Indian women of all ages and background. It was also a sign of times to come. You know, 2013 is when the movie released and now fast forward to 2023. In just a decade, the solo travel narrative has gained mainstream popularity and it's not considered a wild thought anymore. Agreed that there is a long way to go before we change this narrative that women need permission to travel, but we are taking baby steps towards that. In fact, Meta and Google's recent influencer trends study suggests that women are leading the way when it comes to travel influencer segment in social media. Maybe it's because they are more expressive, relatable, creative, and lending their voice to so many women who want to live this globe-trotting life. I have one such travel influencer on this episode who is trailblazing her way across social media platforms and making a statement of sorts. I'm Srinath Shankar, your host, a party scuba instructor, co-founder of Pick Your Trail, India's fastest growing leisure travel brand, a digital nomad and a slow travel proponent. Today's topic of podcast is Fearless and Fabulous, Indian Women Who Travel Solo. In this episode, I'm going to be joined by Ms. Akansha Munga, 
டிஜிட்டல் கான்டென்ட் கிரியேட்டர் ட்ராவல் இன்ஃப்ளூயன்சர் க்ளோப் ட்ராட்டர் சோலோ ட்ராவலர் அண்ட் அண்ட் எக்ஸ்ப்ளோரர் கவரிங் எவ்ரி கார்னர் ஆஃப் த வேர்ல்ட் ஒன் டே அட் அ டைம் ஷி ஹேஸ் ஆல்மோஸ்ட் மில்லியன் ப்ளஸ் ஆர்மி ஆஃப் ஃபேன்ஸ் கம்பைண்ட் அக்ராஸ் இன்ஸ்டாகிராம் அண்ட் யூடியூப் விச் ஷி கால்ஸ் ஹர் செகண்ட் ஃபேமிலி இன்ஃபேக்ட் ஹர் ப்ரொஃபைல் ரீட்ஸ் தேட் ஷீ ட்ராவல்ஸ் ஃபார் த ஸ்டோரிஸ் கைண்ட்னஸ் அண்ட் பீப்புள் விச் இஸ் அ ஸ்டேட்மெண்ட் பை இட் செல்ஃப் ஹாய் முக் ஆகாங்ஷா வெல்கம் டு த பாட்காஸ்ட் ஐ ஹேட் அண்ட் even longer list of descriptors to introduce you just by going through your content uh, that's there in instagram and youtube but i had to settle for this so how do you identify yourself as a traveler and an individual beyond that instagram page and that youtube page would love to hear it directly from you yeah i'm uh, super excited to be here i like i said that you know i've been traveling uh, with the cure trail and now being on a podcast uh, with you is is uh, awesome so just to give a quick un- introduction about myself most people know me as the uh, travel content creator who's basically chasing the next adventure or the next uh, offbeat experience uh, but i think at the core of it uh, who i am is a storyteller i love telling stories now be it around um, basically what my current interest is my current passion is uh traveling is something i've been obviously passionate about since i was a kid and um i love doing that by the end of the day because i am able to tell stories about places about people and i think travel kind of brings that passion together in addition to that i've always been very interested and curious about business about marketing which also at the core of it is a form of uh storytelling right i mean what is marketing if not that um so i think that's that that would be a succinct description uh i'm very very passionate mostly about people and i feel like everybody has um something interesting to teach you something interesting to tell you and that's something that i gain a lot when i travel and i don't think there's uh that i can ever get enough of that so that's basically always been my pursuit why i travel is to meet uh people from all different backgrounds from different life perspectives uh what we wouldn't have imagined you know because we grew up in a bubble of our own so traveling really helps you see that other side other perspective see the kind of truths other people can have and that's essentially what i chase and uh my creating content helps me get there and also helps me spread the word because yeah i'm passionate that about people getting to know that and i feel like it the world's a better place if we are more tolerant if we understand different cultures the nuances more so that's the that's the goal of course it very clearly comes out that you love travel and you seem to be very passionate about it but even today certain shenzhen countries require solo women like you to provide no objection certificate from a male guardian like a husband or a father uh to travel solo how do you fight these stereotypes uh, especially when you want to tell stories and you want to tra- travel solo and you're so passionate about it and at the same time you have to fight such stereotypes how do you do that and how do you overcome it can you give me some examples uh i think i would say the answer to that also lies in traveling for me at least personally uh i personally also did not know that this was even a possibility and i think that's exactly what i meant when i was saying that as growing up we all have limited narratives we have a limited belief system because 
we are the sum of the people that we spend our time with and now the content that we consume right it's a combination so growing up uh, at least for me the content that i was consuming because youtube was still newer like i'm talking about when i was in like my teens youtube was still like relatively newer it was mostly western media or and the friends that you have in your parents and we didn't i didn't get to see women traveling solo as a thing so that concept in my mind didn't even exist that this is a possibility that people even do that which sounds so funny now that i do it almost like you know i can just pick up my bag and go uh, but that's how it was and uh, it only changed when once i was in himachal and i met another female traveler from um, the united states and then i realized okay wow this is possible that somebody can just travel from there to india at the age of 18 because my first th- thought was oh you're here for probably work and then she was like no i'm 18 and i'm just traveling to me that was a big revelation in itself and i think that was the day i realized that okay this is exactly what i want to do and i want to be able to figure out how i can do this it's not like she's built different than i am she's just brought up in a different culture which really shouldn't stop me from doing what she's doing or what anybody else is doing and i think that was the first uh, thought that was kind of seeded in my head at least and then it uh, then it obviously the barriers obviously overcoming was just uh, parents number one i think that is always for any uh girl especially i think even for guys in india uh just having that conversation of why you want to why do you even want to go alone i mean that doesn't make sense to them in the first place because it's it's not something they've done not something they've heard of similar to my belief their belief is like one step further back right because they haven't seen it at all and they're not going to dharamkot and dharamshala and meeting these people so for them it's even uh, a step behind so i think um so i think those were the 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 main hurdles that i had to sort of overcome was basically explaining uh also going behind their back and then kind of figuring my way out there's no way to i feel like do it in a straight very you know straight line ki okay i'll do this and this but it's more you have to take your shortcuts and kind of figure it out uh, but personally i get this question asked a lot in the sense that people say that it's very brave but i feel like once i got over that mental barrier i don't feel like i did something brave like i don't feel like when i do this i'm doing i i feel like i've accomplished something when yes i climb higher mountains or i do something like physically challenging but for me the only literal only thing i think that i had to overcome was just the mental barrier and then it's all kind of it all kind of dissipates there's no fear and once you do it once you even when you travel generally you meet people you kind of realize that the world is really not as bad as media tells you i think it's probably a percent of what uh, we hear and um, personally speaking the one thing that i was always told is that obviously it's always a safety concern it's never about you can't do it it's always it's not safe for you and uh, after traveling solo to so many countries uh, i do feel that i've never really felt unsafe and in fact if i have felt unsafe it was in one of the western european countries so it's never really about it's never really about um safety from these statistics that we see that you know india is unsafe this place is unsafe i think it's very situational it can also happen right outside your house it can happen on the street close to your home or it can happen in a completely different country so i think that also is something i learned out of experience um but yeah i think for anybody 
who's always who's kind of I I'm I'm very happy that now we have so many women on social media as well who are talking about traveling solo um and now people at least are able to get over that mental barrier and I think once you do that then that that's step number 1 the battles won Hmm. interesting that you seem to have a lot of clarity in terms of how to overcome the challenges that you faced uh, in terms of who you are and who you are not for our audience can you walk us through your decision to pursue this journey i i know that you've told me how you got inspired but your your decision to pursue this journey as a travel influencer and as a content creator how did that come about would, would be lovely if you can connect the dots of the journey with different uh, experiences that you had or different milestones you had along the way mm yeah i think uh, yeah i've always i would say if i had to just take you through how i was i mean when while growing up for me uh, i've always been somebody who obviously i was good at school but i always needed something creative to do on the side and i've dabbled in many different aspects so i used to uh, draw a lot at one point art was my thing and i was like in school selling art like doodles and so i've it's always been a combination i've always figured out how to weirdly make money off the hobbies that i had since i was like 12 or 13 so that was the first thing that i did was like sell my doodles for people to put it behind their phone covers and stuff like that so it was like more of a school small business uh then it started from that to um i went into dancing uh, i was very big on that so it's always been jumping from passions to passions so i was definitely uh, a master of now uh, the, the jack of all trades uh, but as now the saying has been completed by instagram that it says that the, you say that the jack of all trades is better than the master of none so i seek validation in that <laughs> but uh, but yeah for me it's always been i've always dabbled in a lot of creative fields be it poetry drawing then dancing um but i think for me traveling has always been something that's been a constant because my dad has been uh, is in the army and we've moved every 2 years it's funny you know uh, even i'm from a, my father is from a air force background and we've also shifted quite a lot in my early childhood Oh wow. Ah I I feel like I I should have guessed that earlier because I did get catch the vibe but I wasn't sure. So I feel like um, yeah so my dad's in the um my dad's in the army and uh, we've moved every 2 years. I think the maximum I've ever stayed in a place was around 6 years when we were in Delhi. Uh so beyond that I've never stayed in one place for too long. So I think traveling became a way of life for me and is a way of life. It's not really something that you know i dabbled in only after school or after college it was something that i've done all all my life right uh so the only thing that now i was looking forward to was after graduating school doing it by myself and not with my family uh because we've done that so often earlier um and yeah i think when i was in college i basically went into studying business because that was my next uh most interesting thing for me which is like i was saying as well earlier since i did a lot of that in school as well so uh, the next thing that i started doing was studying business but at the same time i would travel a lot so when i was in college uh, i basically figured that delhi university doesn't care about attendance at all all they want is your grades by the end of it 
so that was a great loophole for me which meant that i didn't really go to college as much i would just study before the exams and i would spend the rest of my time traveling close to delhi or around delhi and um, i would pick up multiple internships uh, that would you know help me get that money to go to places like let's say himachal uttarakhand places around delhi that would be like one bus ride away and at that time i didn't even have a uh, social media i just i had no instagram not even a personal account because i was very anti uh, social media which is very ironic uh, <laughs> so so i would just uh, spend time traveling and then coming back studying exams and i was very set on the fact that i want to be a consultant because that was the job that i saw would give me both i thought Okay, I become a consultant. I get to travel a lot because you work out of client offices, and you, um, I do what I love the most apart from that, which is like work in strategy, do all of that, uh, which was a dream that was shattered as soon as I joined consulting and realized that uh, the travel is not as much, and the work hours a lot more, and the work is also not as interesting as I. as i think the so the bubble burst is it the bubble was burst yeah 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 for sure i feel like the dream that sold to you in college and what the reality looks like is uh, is poles apart as it is for almost everything that's sold as like this golden opportunity sort of a dream um so yeah i think when while i started i started working at uh, bain and somewhere along the line i realized that okay i can't do this only i need to do something creative on the side as well and i need to figure out how i can travel and uh, to be honest initially my page was just a means to an end i realized okay from a perspective of opportunity um, the best thing to do right now is you know let's say i love traveling i know how to present my thoughts creatively let me start a travel page and maybe that helps me travel more alongside my job so i'm able to like when i do go for trips i'm able to let's say cut down my costs a bit figure it out that way so it started off as like a means to an end and then when i started it i started slowly realizing how passionate i am about it in terms of um being able to tell those stories and being able to combine actually because by the end of the day people see creators as creators but you're running your own business it's like almost a small startup right with um the kind of like you need to figure out your avenues you need to figure out how to work with brands whether you want to diversify there's so much to it and um i started doing that on the side so for around a year and a half while i worked at bain i also uh, created content on the side grew my audience to like a decent size um and was doing that completely like just on the like post work hours and on the weekend um then i quit bain and moved more in towards like the the creator uh, side and work started working at linkedin uh, they'd launched their um, new team of creator managers so we were called the initial they were like the avengers of linkedin when they were launching this sort of vertical to create um like a social like basically transform linkedin into more of a social media platform which is what it's becoming now right yeah yeah so i started working there which brought me even closer to the space one step closer to like being able to now talk to more creators being able to uh, meet creators from who are way bigger than me who are who've been in this space because now i was on the other end of it i was not the creator i was the person nice so you were on the other side now you were the algorithm and you were telling people how to beat it 
exactly <laughs> so it was it was a very interesting role that i was playing there because i was creating content for myself on instagram and youtube i was working on link with linkedin to see how content should be created how a plat social media platform works and i was working with other creators to help them create better content on linkedin and strategizing for them so it really helped me learn a lot because i was i would talk to those creators i would learn from them and i spent around 7 to 8 months there before i realized that okay i think for me to succeed at anything i need to have my my like i can't have uh, my feet in both on both sides i have to be in one place and commit to one thing and take kind of take that risk uh, which is when i then decided to go full time towards travel content creation because by the end of the day that is has always been kind of so when did this realization hit you or which year was it this was uh, 2022 yeah so that this was 2022 july august time so um that was the the first thing and i actually um right after because i i thought that okay fine this is now kind of i just want to focus on it for a year i knew that i have strong enough like corporate experience that if i do want to come back to it i can make my way back to it somehow so in case if i don't like doing this full time but i really wanted to try out for a year how much can i grow it if i just focus like laser focus on one thing and i think i mean that turned out to be uh, a very good decision i feel because i mean honestly i really saw the biggest difference in my journey when in that one year like the one and a half years that i've given to content creation solely uh, because that's where i saw maximum growth that's where i saw maximum evolution in terms of like how to turn this from just like a creator working into an actual business with a team with like different ideas and that can only happen if you have like your focus there um so yeah i think that's kind of what the journey has been and now when i think about uh i was reading this book by um uh the diary of uh the almanac of navel ravikant um and uh, he talks about this um he talks there's a part on it where where he talks about creating wealth for yourself and he he says that everybody needs to identify what their specialized knowledge is because every every single person is unique like they have one thing that is unique that nobody else can replicate and if you identify what your specialized knowledge is and you kind of see how that can maybe make you some money then then you're kind of set for life because then you fig- i i mean you kind of know the direction you want to go in and i think my specialized knowledge since i was a kid was always being able to talk to people i have always been able to talk to anybody everybody no matter the age no matter their background and uh, come and be creative so i think i was able to figure out that this is actually one of the best combinations where because i'm traveling i'm talking to people i interview them i bring their stories out i'm able to do that and i'm able to be creative and put that in the form of storytelling and talk to my community so i think it was a match made in heaven that way Uh, if i may ask i assume that this is your full time profession now and if yes uh, how does your typical week look like and what is the kind of income streams you have created for yourself to sustain this as a you know full time career mhm uh yeah i mean when i started out like i said it was i was just like a one man army there was nobody 
else working with me. So slowly I, I experimented. Uh, I would say it's all been a, a learning curve for me uh, to kind of build that and get to, and I still wouldn't say that I'm at the place that I want to be with like how the team structure looks. Um, but I would say that I, st I mean, now if I had to say currently, uh, I have a team wherein we've, I kind of identified the different uh, tasks that I let's say do throughout the day and how can I kind of organize them now into different buckets. So I think the biggest task that any creator has apart from creating content is obviously how do you generate your revenue and the first way to generate revenue the most obvious one is via brand sponsorships wherein once you have a sizable audience and also an audience that is personally invested in your journey, invested in what you're saying and you have created that like authentic voice for yourself. That's when brands want to kind of work with you to, um, yeah, to basically market themselves, to have their product name out there attached with you, right? So that's basically the way brand sponsorships work. That's usually the uh, biggest bracket, I would say, of income when it comes to for any creator. Um, so for me, it was very important to get help with managing that aspect. And that was the first person that I started working with who's now my manager. Um, I also dabbled with working with agencies, but personally didn't love that experience too much because then you're also kind of like a cog in the wheel with a lot of other people in the same agency. So that was my experience. I loved working, love working still with one manager who's kind of, you know, uh, we work together as a team. Um, they personally are invested in me. They know the values that I stand for because for me personally as a creator, it's very important that I'm able to sleep peacefully at night. So I don't ever want to promote something, say something that I wouldn't say to my mom, to my friend, if they ask me, right? So it has to be the same thing. And um, what that's what I faced with agencies where they kind of like push you towards, let's say, taking up things which are maybe not the most authentic, what you don't want to say, which I didn't want to do at all. So I think working with a manager who understands your vision, who understands your values, then you kind of start getting sponsorships also in that direction. So that was a very important building block. After that, um, I got somebody who is like the head of content with me, who helps me ideate now. Basically, if you want to scale and you want to be able to create content, because when I'm traveling, I can't edit on the road, right? If I'm on a hike somewhere for 10 days, it's not possible. So things need to be done either in advance or post when I'm back. So the days when I'm actually not traveling are the most important days for me on my in my content, um, uh, in the content space. Yeah, because I have to put it together. I have to put everything that I've done now together and kind of make it look presentable. So for that, working with uh, the person who works as the head of content is great because we can then kind of scale. We can do a lot of ideation. I can pro produce like 30 pieces of content that then, then keep going out when I'm also traveling. So uh, consistency is a very has played a key role in my growth and I acknowledge that so I feel like consistency is a big big part of any creator's journey um, so end up doing that so she's somebody who works with me as the head of content then we have uh, then I have um, an editor now which has been a huge relief because editing everything by myself was also a big task not able to scale that way so recently around four five months back I got an editor full-time editor on board who now works with me and we kind of 
uh, play tag between who does what. Like, you know, some videos I edit that are very personal to me, some he does. So that that's another person. And yeah, that's that's essentially like the core team. And then you have different people working depending on the projects that come up. And um, and you'd asked what my usual day looks like. I think the only days that are the same are the ones when I'm in one place and I'm working, like I said, when I'm not traveling. Other than that, I, I would probably say every single day looks very, very different when I'm traveling because it depends on where I am, what I'm doing. So Okay, so there seems to be an army behind you and the incredible content that you create. So you have kind of figured out a structure for yourself how to scale this, right? Now, talking about that content creation itself, no, it's such an unforgiving space to be in. Originality, fresh content, first mover advantage, letting audience into your private daily life can be very intimidating. How do you plan your content calendar to stay ahead of the game? Hmm, very good question. Um, I think exactly what you'd said earlier that I think you need to identify the things that you don't want to do before the things that you do want to do to kind of eliminate that so that you also don't get distracted in the process and end up making like those, I would say, errors in terms of what you say. Like you said, because uh, I was watching a podcast with I think Tanmay Bhatt recently where he said that as a content creator, by the end of the day, as harsh as it sounds, your life is kind of on sale 365 days. That is what it is. I mean, it sounds a bit harsh and I'm a content creator myself, but it's true. So uh, there's no, uh, there's, there's no, yeah, I mean, you can't run away from that. So then I think you need to decide what part of your life do you want to put on sale? That's, that's kind of what you need to decide there. So for me, I've always been very clear since day one that I will never put out extremely personal parts of my life out there. So, and I've stuck to that. My page is only about travel. So nobody knows I mean, now we're talking, so you, they would get to know that, okay, I'm also very interested, like I mentioned in business marketing, etc. But people don't know that off just of the bat, you know, from my page, you can't gauge that because I don't talk about it. I don't talk about um, my family, my friends, uh, my relationships, uh, politics, nothing, or my views on money, none of that, because I always were very, very clear that, okay, if I start dabbling into all of that, it becomes too wide a space. And uh, if I put all of that up to on, on sale, then uh, I can't run away from the fact that then people will comment on that. And that's obviously fine because I made that conscious decision to put it out there. So I can't expect to um, not have that. So that's why I only put like one aspect. It's just one sphere of my life out there, which is traveling, which is not like, which is maybe... I would say 40% of who I am or maybe 30% of who I am, but it's just 30% of my life out there. And I think that really helps because then I'm able to take a break. Now I've at least started uh, because I also see the, the evils of social media. It's not all um, golden. So I think it's very important for me also to sometimes take a break, remove myself from the situation, not look at you know, like delete, be able to delete all the apps of my phone if I want to for two, three days. And that can only happen if only one part of my life is out there. And uh, yeah, I think that that really, really helps. The intersection that I found was just talking about one part of my life, which has been travel. And if I do decide to dabble in another uh, section, that would also be like a small part. It would never be 
100 or 90% of my life so that's some a conscious decision i made yeah you know a lot of the points that you mentioned i can kind of relate with it because my wife also went through similar challenges as she was building her youtube audience now as a follow up question uh, i wanted to ask you given that you are appealing a lot to the gen z and the latest generation right how do you handle the cancel culture given you are a subject of public opinion on the content you create personally uh, so far i've been lucky enough to not uh, face any like extreme cancel culture like i mean there are people who get completely written off uh, for pe- brief periods but i also feel like uh, if that does happen i'm very aware of the fact that the internet has like a goldfish's memory and uh, if you just kind of come back with like a different proposition i don't think it would be too hard to come back because you see that happen all the time thankfully like i said for me i haven't uh, gotten cancelled as such i personally feel that travel is actually the most i would say a safer space in that regard because you're not playing with politics you are not playing with um, you know uh, lifestyle choices it's more like you're showing people places everyone's kind of happy to see those but yeah you have to be i think very conscious about obviously by the end of the day anything that i put out and as my audience grows bigger i think about it four more times or five more times as to whether what i'm saying would that is that a is could that possibly hurt somebody's sentiments and all of that so personally speaking i haven't ever um, gotten cancelled yes of course um, i do get uh hate from time to time which is obviously like you said it's hate is also a form of opinion um and love is also a form of opinion so you get both uh but and at the end of the day by the end of the day i feel like if i have if i myself have an opinion that's the only way i can be a creator and i cannot expect it's like this is a very generic answer but i literally can't expect everybody to be the same i mean that's exactly what i propagate that not everybody everybody doesn't think the same do the same so obviously people who don't like something i said or are very very opposed to that i just see that as a form of the uh, sphere of life that they live in so maybe they don't understand or can't relate to what i'm saying and i think that's that's where it kind of ends and i also really uh feel that a lot of creators don't realize that the power of whatever people are saying to them lies in their hands so if you i mean i if somebody says something to me that i don't like i literally just block them it takes like under a minute and that's it there it's out so i don't think about replying to them or engaging um because it, the power lies with me in those terms so if i want to block that i can or delete it i can just do that and kind of move on and see what i want to focus my energy on by the end in the end by the end of the day so yeah yeah you know from whatever you're saying i get a feeling that you've been extremely lucky that you have a very loving audience who are uh, very accepting of the content that you make and are able to relate with you which is very rare and at the same time extremely lucky for a content creator also that's what they would love to have right uh moving forward uh, now that um, you know you've been very active on instagram and youtube that platform has seen the western travel content creators have a head start over indians you know they already have prevalent backpacking culture break here digital nomad behavior all of that right and uh, this means that they've been the first on the platform creating travel content very very differently 
how wide is that head start now and how are indian content creators catching up with that according to you interesting uh i have always had the vision personally of seeing myself as a global travel content creator that's why i also created content in a language that can be understood by everybody in the world i obviously not every single person but it's a english is something that most people let's say in the world like the most popularly spoken language right um so that was actually the goal there was nothing nothing else i mean i can speak hindi perfectly it was just that was the vision that i had to position myself as a global content creator and i think uh slowly i mean it's it's very hard because the algorithm obviously pushes your content out to the geography that you're creating content in and i don't have an american accent uh so i actually realized that people it's just so much easier for anybody who has an american accent to grow because we consume not just us be it people who are from germany be it people from the netherlands whenever people are consuming english content they consume american content and american content is so it's so relatable that accent is so easy to relate to and understand even though you they're not from your country or whatever so i think that was one thing that i realized eventually why uh, american content creators uh, travel content creators are by the end of the day most popular amongst indians amongst europeans everywhere in the world is because of the i would say the accent relatability that's like my hypothesis i would say um but i can see that happening for myself now that i i have a lot of um connects a lot of creators who i've always looked up to in the western space who now follow me who who uh, have discussions with me regularly i've collaborated with some of them as well in the space so i personally that is still my vision and my end goal would always be to position myself as a global content creator and i do feel that um the indian ecosystem is catching up very very fast in terms of um uh, travel content creation especially i would say within in india as well because india itself was a place where i feel like people would mostly go to like these set destinations that were um yeah i mean set for us from like our parents generations be it like you know at least pehle it was just okay like shimla manali like all these places that you you know and you've you know you've seen them 10000 times everywhere and but now people are even within india exploring so much you can see that uh with the smaller destinations booming with the hostel backpacking culture within india growing so much like post covid i would say i have seen so many hostels come up in india it's absolutely crazy like every destination that you go to now you would be able to find at least one hostel over there now and even like the um homestay culture growing so i think people are also now more open to experiencing travel in a different way from what we knew like it's slower i would say that not everybody is still open to like a lot of my own friends are not open to staying at hostels still like hostels i would say for me was step 1 then you go to homestays then you go to maybe living in in a tent in a jungle and then that's how the i would say the progression goes so i think that's still slow but i can definitely see it catching up and even when it comes to like the backpacking culture with the number of indians i end up meeting on my trips now i think it's it's growing significantly not as fast i would say but that's also because of obviously disposable income being different uh but uh, i do feel like it's growing quite a bit pretty fast yeah 
Now, very interesting insight about global travel content creators and the Indian travel content creators. Can you also throw some light on the CPC divide between the Western uh, influencers and the Indian influencers? Uh, I do feel that it is catching up, but it's this is a this is a tricky question to answer because I feel like it really depends from creator to creator. Uh, I do feel that whatever said and done, it's way easier uh, to still make money when you're not an Indian content creator because the the there are two reasons. Number one is if you're a content creator in India, uh, you have a very large population to capture. So even a million followers here, I would say is like, yes, it's it's amazing. Like now I'm, I'm closer to that mark. I'm very, very excited. But if you really think about it from a numbers point of view, you're like, you've still captured a very small part of the audience, let's say. Let's say if you're just focused on India, I'm just talking about people who I, I would not consider myself to be still in that bucket because I create content in English. I also create content that's mostly international travel. So I am anyway capturing a very small audience, a smaller percentage of that from India. But let's say somebody who's creating content in a, in a like let's say Hindi because that's popularly spoken in India. And then further, um, like let's say budgeted travel, all of that. So even 2 million is a small number for that in India. So I think that's where the things get skewed because when you see people over there, because now I've had the opportunity to travel with a couple of tourism boards and we interact with actually a lot of international uh, creators, their audience sizes could be 60, 70,000 and they, or maybe even let's say 200, 300,000 and they make as much as you make with a million, two million followers or like an audience in India. So I do feel like that disparity is there, but that's purely because of um, a population size, because for them, capturing that audience in their country is actually a huge, huge number. So I think that's where we see the disparity um, in your mind. But when you think about it logically, it makes sense. Um, Number two, I would say is that uh, other than that, in fact, if you then compare the numbers, I would say that it's actually not that different. It's not as drastic as we make it out to be. Yes, with YouTube, because like you said, the CPC is higher. When it comes to ad revenue, yes, it's very different because the value they're getting paid in dollars, that's different. But if you just speak from in terms of like, uh, let's say only brand sponsorships, then it's not that drastic. Um, But the other thing that people are open to over there that hasn't still caught up in India is the kind of products people would buy. So in India, we're still a very um, value-driven society. So if we're not getting some educational or uh, some value from it that we can invest in, just like, you know how parents buy you or like do things for you when you're growing up, at least in my case, it was like, if we buy this for you, if, if this will help you, we can see it helps you like either you get better grades out of this or you do something you win a competition after you do this then it makes sense otherwise this is a waste of our money that that mentality still exists in india so i can't as a creator if i am somebody let's say who's very interested in uh, personal development and i decide that i want to hold um, weekly sessions at a premium price where i share my knowledge people may not invest in that because they don't see an, a direct, like how do I convert this into something? This is just knowledge. So I think that is a difference where over there that audience is, 
has that dispo yeah because they have that disposable income from like the, from the age of 18 16 because they start making money so early because of having that kind of ecosystem so i think over there monetizing with brands is the same as india but monetizing outside when you want to diversify as a creator it's way easier to do it outside of india than in india so i would say that's the best big difference so um so you guys uh, as uh, travel content creators and influencers do you guys collaborate with each other exchange ideas or do you guys meet often uh, uh yeah i would say the travel content creator i think it's now in the last year it has still become a little more um i would say people meet a lot more because tourism boards have now started launching those fam trips uh so i think then you kind of get to meet a lot more creators i think earlier it didn't exist as much at all because everybody and especially in the travel space i can only speak for the travel space because i do have friends in other spaces of content creation and they meet a lot more because they create content from one place we are not there like it's always like i always uh, tell these uh, there there are a lot of agencies who organize things and then they'll be like one week before they'll tell us to come and i'm just like you can't reach out to a travel content creator and expect them to be in their home city you know it's it's like an unfair expectation to have so i think that's the reason why i would say tra- travel content creation is the one one space where everybody is very like is not as close and closely knit together because of uh, everybody traveling all the time um especially me at least i can speak for myself because i am never there so i have barely gone on too many fam trips i also find it very stressful to create content with other like 10 other content creators in the same room about the same place that's just my personal uh stress so i i personally don't do as many fam trips uh but other than that i think people at least the ones that i follow and i've always followed before even i started uh, my content creation journey one has been sharanya she's uh, truly nomadly i've always uh, loved her content a lot uh, there's shena's treasury who dad, who like you know recently came into the space of content creation which she's so good i love i love the kind of messages she put out puts out and the way she travels i think that's super cool but the og for me who i've always loved and who actually inspired me to also get into the field was shivyanath who's um uh, the shooting star i mean i've always said this to her as well and um uh, that you know she's been the og i think there's uh at least her blog was a source of inspiration to me then her book was a source of inspiration to so many of us people who love to travel and um, yeah i think these are the ones that i love and follow uh from india yeah okay let's slightly move away from you know heavy duty content or topics and uh, kind of lighten the mood as you know i am pursuing a bucket list project uh, for many next years uh, and living a digital nomad life i am curious to know do you have any bucket list for yourself and if it exists can you let our listeners know about that mm firstly i'd love to know about your bucket list project because i don't know that and i it sa- sounds very similar to the kind of bucket list project i want to pursue eventually so after that please can we circle back uh, to yours as well i'd love to hear that and i'm sure the people who are listening and tuning into this would too um but my bucket list project definitely at least for the next so i think i take it year by year because depends on how my interests kind of shape up uh for this year it's very it's oriented to challenging myself physically so uh how can i push myself uh 
with climbing, with um, trekking, with diving. So I'm taking up more challenges that way because I feel like I I really find a lot of um, inspiration there. Whenever I come back from trips like those, I feel like I'm the most productive, I'm happiest. So I think that is um, the goal for this year. So I'm doing uh, a trek in Malaysia that's quite challenging. Then I'm planning on doing Annapurna. Then after that, I'm planning on getting my open water certification finally. Uh, uh, hopefully with no other... Because every single time I go for diving, for some reason... I don't know why that ends up happening. I catch a cold and then I'm not able to uh, do the certification because you can't go in deep enough because of the sinuses. So I'm hoping that this time I'm, I don't have a cold. Uh, so th those are the plans for the first part of the year. And then after that, I want to go towards Latin South America and kind of explore that side of the world because you ha I haven't even gone there. So it feels like no man's land right now. I don't know what exists. So I'm really excited about that. So that's the goal of this year. But I think... For me, uh, the goal is that every year, and I think that ends up happening with, I don't know everybody, but at least with me as a traveler, that to make my traveling more challenging, like make every trip a bit more challenging, because that's personally how I enjoy it now. I don't, I've, it's like, it's, it's the sad reality of like, when you travel all the time and when you travel every month, slowly places start feeling the same, conversations also start feeling very similar. And I at least ex have started experiencing that now that I feel that, okay, I've seen churches. This church looks very similar to that. Now it's not as exciting and exhilarating as that was. So for me now it's become very, uh, uh, the, the, the path is very like motivated towards going deeper into wherever I'm going. So um, meeting people also that are, very different from what who I would meet generally. Even hostels now, personally, I've stopped staying at hostels. I've moved more towards like homestays. Uh, so I think, like I said, right, that progression happens from homestays. And I'm pretty sure at one point I'll be on a um, hammock in the jungle. That will be the last, <laughs> last step. <laughs> so, so yeah, I mean, that's how I see it. Let's see. And I'm hoping to, to delve deeper, basically. That's, that's the goal. Okay, so from what I hear from your answer is that your traveling style is also kind of maturing over a period of time after so much of travel. Uh, it, it's kind of uh, taking a definitive shape and uh, you are also kind of evolving along with travel. That's the understanding I get, especially when you spoke about going to Latin America, pushing yourself with some extreme sports or hiking or diving, etc. Right? Uh, which is... I think it's a natural progression that happens. Our initial years, we want to, you know, check off as many countries as possible, go and see as many things as possible. Then eventually that takes a backseat. And then we are like, okay, for the essence of travel, we want to travel and experience newer and newer things. The constant seeking of newer things kind of evolves our travel. And that is what I hear from whatever you're saying. Uh, with respect to the bucket list project for me is also in a very similar line where I am just picking up one skill a year, going really deep in it and traveling as slow as possible, experiencing that skill and going deep in that and making sure that at the end of it, I come out as a person who can very confidently say that, hey, this skill 
I know as good as any professional would do. That's that's in a nutshell what my bucket list is like. Damn, that's so cool. I absolutely love it. Yeah, that's that's exactly I feel like after a point of I'm guessing you also traveled a lot and then you kind of reach that point where you feel like okay, going deep is at least even for me at this point I honestly feel like maybe for a year or two I'll still be like doing a lot more countries and seeing a lot more cultures but after that my idea is also to really just go deep in one not even like one country but like also skill based because I think it's it is like you said very very rewarding to do that very true very true so what do you think we can expect uh, from Akansha to explore in 2024 I think for me definitely uh like I said, the couple of treks that I want to do in the, the next couple of months. But apart from that, one thing that I really want to do, which is on the cards, is live in Japan. Uh, and uh, that is that is very, very big on my bucket list for the year because it's a country that's really fascinated me from the culture. And this is moving away from like the physical challenge goal, but just like living in a culture that I think is really different from what we have or like I mean at least in my head let's see what what the notions are like once I actually go there and live there but I really want to live there for a few months and actually see how that is it's also a massive country to explore and there's so much to see so uh, that's one thing that I really want to do this year and I think people can see a lot will be seeing a lot of content from there of what how that looks like so let's see if that ends up happening and uh, I think apart from that what mostly people are going to see from my end is me experimenting with a lot of different uh, styles of storytelling because I think I really only just found my footing in it even though that was also a reason for a huge part of my growth like in the last four-ish months uh, where I really found my style of how I want to tell stories, what kind of videos do I want to make and it was also a process of like experimenting so now I want to dive deeper into that and kind of be able to hone that skill a lot more so yeah that's the goal for uh, this year. Living in Japan long term sounds quite quite interesting and I'm pretty sure you'll be able to get awesome content out of it and the moment that you mentioned that you're going to experiment with your content creation and take it deeper, can we expect some Nagio kind of uh, documentary from you? I don't think I'm ever going to get into Nagio style of Rongfeng because this is something people ask me a lot but I uh, personally create content. Uh, I'm able to create content and this is a bane maybe, not a boon when I am enjoying myself. Otherwise, it's very hard for me to be honest to tell stories because I feel like I'm not being... Exactly what I said earlier, I'm not able to sleep at night then because I feel that I'm not being authentic. And uh, when I make Nagio style, like which I've tried earlier, which is filming long form, extreme long form with a lot of cinematic element to it, I am not, uh, I'm not traveling there, I'm working. It's very work oriented. It's very, like every conversation you have is with a purpose to... Uh, sensationalize it as well on social media so that it's interesting enough for people to hear um, and I personally feel like yeah it, it just, just doesn't feel very authentic to me so while I am planning on doing some long-form content that helps people travel better that maybe is more like uh, because a lot of people a lot of places that I've been to there's not that much content on it in general that helps people get there how to get there all of that not really um, the cinematic content that you're uh, that 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 you're talking about. That's that's definitely not happening. 
All right, all right. So, any parting thoughts uh, or, you know, pearls of wisdom for aspiring travel content creators from your side? Mm. I think uh, being authentic is probably my, would be my biggest advice that uh, there's so much, like I, by the end of the day, every single month you see more and more creators coming up and the, the space will only get, I would not say more crowded, I mean there's space for everybody because social media has democratized fame uh, a lot. So I don't think that there'll ever be like less space that way, but there will be a lot more content. So it's very important to find your unique voice and uh, and brand yourself like that because it's it's it people need to be able to identify you as something. I think that is very important. So right now I see a lot of creators who are creating a lot of travel content in every field, and then you can't really put a finger to what it is that they love or like what would you identify them as like if you had to give one line about them you know like there are people who let's say if if I had to talk about Shivya I would say slow uh, deep travel like I know her for that so you you need to be able to create that um, branding for yourself via your content consciously and also let that be the most authentic you because only then can you do it uh, every single day because that's the only way you can't show up once a week and get away with that. It's very important to be consistent. So if you want to show up every single day and I need to be myself on this podcast, I also need to be myself when somebody like I give a talk or interview or whatever. And then you need to be authentic and it needs to match what you're saying on your Instagram needs to match what your personality is on this podcast versus everywhere. So I think that's that would be the most important thing I'd say. Thanks a lot, Akansha. It was such a pleasure hosting you on this podcast. As the title goes, you are truly fearless and fabulous. Wishing you all the best. Have tons and tons of memories created, tons and tons of fun along the way in 24 and the remaining years to come. Uh, I'll be watching your Instagram page for all the stories that you're going to be putting out there. Quite excited about it. Keep inspiring this generation and happy travel. Thank you so much. I absolutely loved it. And I think it was great um, also conversing with you and learning so much. And I think we need to have one podcast now where I ask you the questions because I think you have so many stories to tell as well. I think that would be really exciting. So so maybe next time we can do a, a flip of the same, the same conversation. This wraps up the episode of the Bucket List Project podcast. Hope you enjoyed this episode and getting a glimpse of Akansha Monga's life as a travel influencer. If uh, you've been following her page, uh, this podcast would have given you a different perspective of Akansha as a human. I hope you liked what you listened to. And if you did, then please do subscribe to our podcast, which is available both in Spotify and Apple. See you next week. And until then, have a great time.